got it. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The Wolverines will play in the Elite Eight. He is Jawan Howard of the University of Michigan. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. What is it like for you? It's not because of me. It's them. I'm just so proud of our players and how they've been competing. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. Coming up. Senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Plus actor Joe Manganiello. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show on the air on a busy Monday. If you're just joining us right now, um, you you missed a lot. Uh, <laughs> you can go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show to see what you may have missed. We, you, you can also re-watch our show in its entirety on NBC Sports on Peacock when we re-air um, every single night. Uh, we're on every day between 12 and 3 Eastern. If you're listening to us on Sirius XM Channel 211 or on uh, this Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network. Um, you can um, also uh, check everything out uh, on Peacock, PeacockTV.com. It is free. We are free. Um, and uh, you are free to call us at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Joe Manganiello, uh, the great Joe Manganiello. He's in a new film, Shoplifters of the World, available in theaters on demand and digital right now. Also, the old Snyder Cut. He is. Uh, he's in the Snyder Cut, which I think... Um, if you start the Snyder Cut at the beginning of our show, um, there's still an hour and a half at the end of it, right? It's long. The old Justice League Snyder <laughs> Cut, by the way. It's very long. Um, so that's, uh, that's, there's, there's that. Also, Daniel Jeremiah was on our program. Uh, my compadre from the NFL Network, um, one of the top draft analysts in all the land. He's my favorite, obviously, because he and I sit next to each other for the draft. Um, and we're going to be in Cleveland, Ohio together. And it sure seems like uh, the Friday stuff between the Niners and the Eagles and the Dolphins threw all the chess pieces up in the air, and we're beginning to see where they land. And helping us on that front is somebody whose uh, MMQB is must-read every single week, this week in particular, because it takes you behind the scenes of how the Niners and the Dolphins got together and then the Eagles got involved. Albert Breer, senior writer of the MMQB, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Albert? I'm pretty good. How are you doing, Rich? I am doing well. So uh, this sounds like, based on your reporting, like a good old-fashioned NBA trade, although it wasn't just all announced at once like a, a three-team or a hardened Palooza got announced earlier in this uh, regular season for the NBA. But it just does does sound like the Dolphins needed to get that piece with the Eagles done before saying yes to the 49ers, correct? Yeah, and that's what made it so sensitive. Um, you know, and I think it really took a lot of trust on the part of the three teams. You know, John Lynch pulling the strings in San Francisco, Chris Greer pulling the strings in Miami, and, of course, Howie Rosen in Philadelphia. Um, you know, because I think, you know, for, for San Francisco to offer what they did, they wanted confidentiality because they didn't want, you know, it to touch off, you know, a, a flurry of offers, you know, coming to, the, coming to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins respected that. And, you know, in exchange, the, the, the Niners gave the Dolphins time to go and, um, seek out a partner to get the other part of the deal done. And so um, it's complicated in the NFL. There's a lot of moving pieces there. Um, you know, and the Dolphins didn't want to go that far back. Um, I've got my suspicions on some reasons for that. Um, you know, but, you know, I, I think in the end, really, it was about keeping the train on the tracks, you know, over the last three weeks. And, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a good commentary on everybody involved that they were able to kind of keep this under their hats. Um, you know, the Eagles um, felt like Jamar Chase probably goes fifth overall to the Bengals. 
And, you know, after that, they felt like, you know, what they'd be getting at six wasn't that different than what they'd be getting at 12. And um, this would allow them to get an extra first-round pick for next year when they're really going to be able to turn the page and get younger. Obviously, San Francisco goes in and, and now takes control of its destiny at quarterback. You know, and the Dolphins come out of all of this with more assets and still only having to move back three spots. So um, how safe is the assumption that the Niners contacted the Jets first and were told no thanks to the same deal or something maybe even more improved than the, what the Dolphins said yes to? I'm told they didn't have any talks on the second overall pick, which is a fascinating piece to all of this. Um, and and I, I, I can tell you that the Niners did have internal discussions on Sam Darnold, um, and there were um, discussions between the Jets and the Niners on Sam Darnold. But, um, you know, really there never was um, a discussion between the Jets and the Niners about the second overall pick. And you know, my feeling on that is that the Niners, you know, went through vetting um, the whole situation with Sam Darnold and came away with the idea that the Jets were going to stick there at two and take a quarterback. So I think they knew, you know, just because of the sensitivity of everything, that if they were going to move forward with a big offer to move into the top five, um, you know, they they wanted to kind of keep that, their intentions there quiet. And so, you know, going around and checking with different teams, um, on you know what they'd be willing to do with their top five pick, um, you know that certainly could be a way of it getting out what they were doing, and and, and again it could kind of change the conditions in the market, um, you know. And so you know again, like I think so much of this for for John Lynch and for Kyle Shanahan was to be able to move forward quietly on a deal that was going to be very complicated for everybody to get done. No, I, I hear you, Albert Breer, but, I mean, it just strikes me that if you're going to go to three, two is even the better spot because yeah. one, one is, you know, uh, an absolute pounding of sand. There's no question about yep. that. So, you know, that makes no sense that they wouldn't at least surmise, um, you know, what the Jets would want for two so are you saying that based on what people are telling you, there's a possibility Joe Douglas is watching the pro day with Zach Wilson hearing the news and then goes across the field to the 49ers at some point and says, what, what gives? I mean, you didn't even call yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, 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 I like, look, like it doesn't make a ton of sense to me either. I'm just telling you what my reporting is. is very, and I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Right. Logically, you would think like, if you're the Niners, I mean, all right, like we know who the first pick's going to be, right? So maybe it's not even worth the phone call to Jacksonville. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you that, like, logically you can look at it and you can say, well, it started two and worked down. You know what I mean? Like, but, um, you know, I, I think the Niners, because they'd had those discussions on Darnold, they felt like they had a better feel for it. You know what I mean? And so, right. um, I mean, look, like, there's photographic evidence. Um, I know it was out there. I'm sure you saw it, too. There was a picture of John Lynch standing there with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and uh, at, at, at Zach Wilson's pro day. So you would have to think that that potentially came up, you know, like, well, why didn't you make us an offer for two? You know, and so I don't know what was said in that discussion, but, you know, if I was Joe Douglas, I would certainly want to know if they hadn't reached out. Uh, about the second pick, why they didn't reach out about the second pick. Albert Breer, the MMQB senior NFL reporter here on the Rich Eisen Show. You have to check out what he's written about this uh, that remarkable Friday in the NFL draft during Zach Wilson's pro day uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So the Jimmy G of it all, um, clearly if you're going at number three 
as you pointed out in your piece and Daniel Jeremiah pointed out in the second hour, Mac Jones is more NFL ready just because of the program from which he comes and how long he was in right. it and how much reps he's got compared to Justin Fields, with all due respect to your alma mater, as well yep. as, um, you know, Trey Lance. Um that said, you know, you th- is is Jimmy G gonna be the guy? Do you think, or do you think this is one of those things where, well, we want the best possible offer for him after we get our quarterback third overall, and we want to make it seem like it's difficult to get him, as opposed to everyone thinks he's going to be out there? What so, do you think? I think two things could change the Jimmy G situation. Okay, um, you know, either one, they wind up with an opportunity with another veteran quarterback somewhere. Um, that comes along over the next few weeks. And maybe that veteran quarterback's a little cheaper and allows them to move Jimmy G. Maybe that happens. That's a possibility. You know, the other thing that could happen is somebody just blows them away and offers them a one or something crazy for Jimmy, right? So that's number two. Um, but absent that, Rich, I mean, I, I think the best way, and I know I'm not the first one, you know, I'm probably not the first person you've heard this from, the, the, the right comparison is the Chiefs in 2017. Um, you know, like the Niners now, They've got the, the, the Chiefs had a, a coach and a general manager going into year five of their program. Um, like the like the Niners now, the Chiefs were looking at a group of quarterbacks in the draft that were pretty raw. Um, and you know, like the, the the Niners now, the Chiefs had a roster that they felt like was ready to contend. And the veteran quarterback they had on their roster had two years left on his contract, so that allowed the Chiefs to play a year with Alex Smith. Sit Patrick Mahomes, and then still turn around a year later after Alex played really well and trade him after the year, you know. And so, I think the way the Niners are looking at this right now is we've got a championship roster today, and we can come go in and compete for a Super Bowl today. And do we really want to put that in the hands of a rookie, or are we better off sitting the rookie, letting him learn behind Jimmy? And giving Jimmy a chance to reestablish who he is as a starter in the NFL, we wound up we wind up contending in 2021, and then everybody wins because Jimmy's got more value after the year, and we've gotten you know our young quarterback some time to develop. Especially when you consider those three young quarterbacks you talked about. This is a pretty crazy number um, set of numbers here. Rich, Mac Jones has 17 college starts. Trey Lance has 17 college starts. Justin Fields has 22 college starts. There you go. And, and so, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, remember when Kyle traded for Jimmy, who had been in the league for three and a half years, he still waited a month to play him. You remember that. Yep. Like, didn't trust him for a full month before he put him on the field. This is a guy who was in his fourth year in the league. And so, I think when you kind of look at, like, kind of where they are from a roster standpoint, how ready they believe they are to get back to contending for a Super Bowl, they can just get a little healthier, it makes sense why – you could look at this and say, well, it's not worth it for them to move Jimmy Garoppolo for a three um, if they're going to expose themselves in that way where you know maybe in a month they get the rookie in the building and he's just not ready to play yet. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Where does Deshaun Watson figure into all of this? Um, we all are, are reading about the yeah. sordid accusations that are being hurled in his direction and the sheer volume of it makes all of us sit here and think, well, some of it's got to be true, right? Even though none of it may be true or all of it may be true, he's being caught um, in this tidal wave right now. But to me, I mean, this removes San Francisco off that board. Uh, If the Jets said no to this or at least said, you know, we're we're trading Sam Darnold, maybe they're 
off this board. Did did the Niners ever reach out? Because they, you know, the the three ones and a three is exactly the construct yeah. one would say of a deal that that might needed to be added to prior to everything going on with Watson's uh, off the field stuff, to use the phrase. Yeah. Um, wh- what do you think here? Well, everybody's gotten the same answer from Houston, um, which, you know, at least leading up to the legal situation, the answer teams calling the Texans got from Nick Casario, the general manager there, was you can ask me about anybody but the quarterback. You know, we're open to talk about anybody in the roster but the quarterback. So um, they've been definitive with other teams for most of the last few weeks, the last couple of months that they, you know, aren't going to move Deshaun Watson. I also think it's really hard to have a take on this, you know, Rich, because uh, at the legal situation at least, because you're either A, indicting Deshaun Watson, which isn't fair, or you're B, not taking the, you know, accusation seriously enough if you have a strong take on it. So I think that's sort of put a lot of the teams in a position where they're sitting back and saying, well, we can't justify sending an enormous amount of draft capital to Houston to go and get this guy until we have clarity in the situation. Right. If you're Houston, you can't walk away from a 25-year-old franchise quarterback unless you're getting that return. The one thing that's sort of interesting here, though, and I just kind of keep an eye on this, I think the Dolphins, you look at where they are right now and their insistence on getting back up into the top ten, right, and their insistence on winding up with the sixth pick. And now they're sitting there with six and 18, and they've got a young quarterback they could deal. I just... I just think it's interesting that, like, the Dolphins, who have been so good with their asset management over the last few years, and Chris Greer's done a fantastic job building up that war chest, mm. you know, they have been, you know, in a lot of cases, if you look at it, a move-back team, right? Like, in a, let's trade for future assets, let's find value. And in this case, they were like, we'll go back, but we don't want to go back that far. So you sort of wonder now, if Deshaun were to come available, would that sixth pick now be a better chip to deal than the 12th pick? And if you combine it with another first-round pick this year, it's just sort of interesting that way. So I think Miami you know, could be in it. I, I think the Jets would kick tires on it, although they seem like they're pretty happy with what they saw in Zach Wilson. So I'm not sure how they compare one against the other right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. And, and San Francisco, of course, because now they don't have the future assets, would be one of those teams where you'd look at them and say, okay, they're probably not going to be in the running for Deshaun. Albert Bree here on the Rich Eisen And show. I also, by the way, yeah. by the way, I would not, I, the two, the two teams that I would not discount on that, I, I, that have obviously been involved from the start, I think are, are Carolina and Denver. I think those two teams are, you know, they're just very involved in everything quarterback wise this off season. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, last one for you here, Albert is, you know, um, the, the, the criticism, if you will, that I'm, I'm seeing about the Niners giving this all up for a player who's yet to play in the NFL is like this is the the deal that you could get a real deal either 25 year old Deshaun Watson or 32 year old Russell Wilson for even though I imagine San Francisco would be the last place on earth Seattle would ever deem to send Russell Wilson and we've already talked about what might be an issue with Deshaun Watson and you're always taking a look around the league at, at, at quarterback situations that could bubble up a year from now, and we're already talking about maybe in a draft or e- either one yeah. of these guys for next year. 
My last thing for you is about Aaron Rodgers, because when quarterbacks redo their contracts, that's not news to me. Everybody makes it seem yeah. like, well, that quarterback redid the contract. That means that they're capped strong and that the general manager's been burning the midnight oil and calling everybody desperately to get cap space. This is stuff that, you know, when they sign a contract is essentially assumed this is going to happen. If not already verbally agreed to, we'll redo the contract at that point for the cap uh, issue. The, the, the story usually is when a quarterback says no. I yeah. will not. And it appears that's the case with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, right? Like, so what is the there that is there, Albert, on that? Well, you know, I think that the, I, I've felt this way since the idea of him restructuring came up, that this could be an elegant solution, right? Like that there is some tension, that, that, that Aaron Rodgers put some pressure on them, um, and that, you know, obviously they've got a young quarterback in their roster now that they like, like, how do you solve that? And, and how do you please Aaron Rodgers without going completely overboard and, you know, abandoning the principles with which that, I mean, that franchise has been built. It's the same tree of personnel people that have built that franchise since the early 90s, you know, starting with Ron Wolf. And so, you know, there's a certain set of principles with which they operate. And, um, you know, so how do you not break your principles but also, you know, work with your quarterback and trying to give him the best situation um, going forward in the twilight of his career. And, and I've felt like, you know, since the idea came up of restructuring, to me, like an elegant solution would be going to Aaron and presenting him with a plan and saying, here's what we're going to do with the money we're going to clear up. And if we can clear out X amount of cap space, we normally don't mortgage contracts this way. But we understand this is a special situation. So if we clear, say, $20 million in cap space by restructuring your contract a little bit, maybe we get a little money in your pocket earlier, and then we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And we've talked to this team or this team about potential trades. You know, We're going to get you some more help. And I, I really think that that could wind up being a, just a good conclusion for everybody because I think a big part of what – happened with Aaron and why he spoke out the way he spoke out was he looked around in that conference championship round and he saw how you know urgently the the bills have built around uh Josh Allen bringing in Stefan Diggs how urgently the Chiefs have acted around Patrick Mahomes while they had him on the rookie contract and then of course you know how the Buccaneers have built with just I mean <laughs> I'd say built with abandon right over the last year around Tom Brady and so I think that's really what Rogers wants um, and to me, like, you know, the, the way to find the, the, the end game here could be, all right, we're going to work with you on a restructure, and with the money we save, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, so you know that we're acting with some urgency because you don't know how many years you got left. Albert, thanks for the time. Uh, your piece is phenomenal again today that everyone should check out on the MMQB. And this um, this interview went as I had hoped and expected, unlike uh, a certain first round um, tournament <laughs> contest. Um, might you know for for some, not not all, but just for some. So I'm I appreciate it. I'm engulfed in spring football coverage right now. Oh, I know uh, you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. yeah. I'm sure you're so, locked in. Hey, but I'll, I'll be the bigger man here. Good luck tomorrow night. How about that? <laughs> Don't make me show our text exchanges, Albert. <laughs> Those are private. They are indeed. Thanks for the call, bud. You take care. All right, thanks, thanks Albert Breer, everybody. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be on time as best we can for Joe Manganiello. He's one of our favorites. 
Shoplifter to the World is his new film. He's also, as you know, in Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Seeing more of Joe Manganiello in that one. Love it. And of course, here we go with this Steelers coming up. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. I love this guy. I'm thrilled to be able to call him a friend, not just a friend of the program. He's in the new film Shoplifters of the World. He also plays Deathstroke in the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Also enjoyed him in uh, True Blood and Magic Mike. And uh, you could basically say he's as multifaceted as the 20-sided die he plays with, with in his... Uh, in his uh, his Dungeons and Dragons Club. He's Joe Manganiello. How are you, Joe? <laughs> How's that for How you, Rich? How, I see. I know you. I know you. I know you. You know me very well. Yeah, I do. When was the last time you? So when's the last time you played Dungeons and Dragons? When was the last time a little D and D for you? I haven't been playing lately. I've had. I've been swamped with work with launching these movies Fantastic. a week apart from each other, and then uh, some other stuff that I'm filming, and then something else I'm working on. It's a writing deadline, so I've, I've so been locked in. Little over my head lately. So Dungeons and Dragons is kind of like the Snyder cut of games, right? Takes forever, and uh, and it's highly enjoyable, right? It lasts forever. <laughs> so it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> Except ours are like, yeah, it's like four hours a night at least. I mean, with with my guys, they want to go till two in the morning. So come on, now. Uh, it's like usually like seven hours. How are you? You good? Everything good in your world? I'm doing good. good. You know, Sounds I'm, like you're busy. I'm in, you know, busy. So just keeping busy uh, and finding finding new ways to keep busy. So um, so not. But I've, I've been good. We've been all right over here. We miss seeing you and yep, Susie. Exactly. I feel the same way about you guys too. And um, you know, and and congrats on the film. You know, uh, I saw the review in the New York Times and. Um, a buddy of mine who does a lot of our, our work around here. He, he gives us all this great uh, arts and crafts, and he's, he makes 
uh, our coasters, and he makes a whole bunch of stuff for our cedarspills.com um, friend, Tom Person. He sent something for you and, uh, and Sophia because he watched your movie. He loved it. Okay. He loved what you said. You hit what uh, hit Gene Simmons in the face or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, so Gene great... had a real sense of humor. He was great. He allowed us to use his likeness on a mug that uh, that gets shot by a gun um, and, and uh, you know some, of the world. posters and things like that. What's so. this movie about? For those who don't know, Joe. For, what, for, uh, for people that don't know, there's an urban legend uh, uh, in, that in 1987, when the Smiths broke up, uh, <laughs> a young man was so distraught that he uh, held up his local hair metal station at gunpoint and forced them to play nothing but Smith's records all night long to impress a girl he was in love with. Wow. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, years later, we, we, we made that movie. Actually, I think, like, the movie Airheads was inspired by, sure. this, by this story, right. and, um, and so we're here to tell the, you know, story that was, that was loosely inspired by those events. And it's also about a bunch of kids on the eve of... You know, when you leave high school, you're at that age. What am I going to do with my life? We're all going to leave our humdrum town. And it's about these kids and how much of an impact the Smiths had on them. And then this, like, this one night in their lives, this one eventful night in their lives that just so happened to be the night that the Smiths broke up. Do you remember the last cassette tape you bought, Joe Mangano? Oh, my God. The last cassette tape? Yes. Boy. Um, the last cassette tape you bought. I mean, I remember... I had all the old 80s Metallica albums. I had um, Appetite for Destruction, so it probably would have been somewhere in, in that in that age. Okay. Did you have Did you have the tape deck in your car? Did you have that too? Did you <laughs> sure, and then I actually had the, the tape that goes in that connects to a little CD disc man that yes. you put under your seat. Yeah. <laughs> actually, one time I had the adapter for an 8-track that you would put in there and then you put the cassette in the it, TJ you're looking at me like that actually existed <laughs> yes where it would pop up you'd put the cassette in it would fit in your 8 track slot of your dashboard That's I had the I one that had the record you put the record in it and it had a string <laughs> that played a, an 8 track That's very strange That's very strange but oh my gosh so uh what would the football version of this be that uh you 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 hold up uh what uh, or you, you you stopped? I guess the selling of a sandwich at uh, at Primani Brothers until Juju Smith Schuster <laughs> signs long term, but you only got a one one year out of it. Is that what, was, what's the football version so of Shoplifting in the World? At the uh, letting go of Stephen Nelson's contract, that uh, I went down downtown and held up uh, Sammy's corned beef. <laughs> That's the Shoplifters of the World I, version I, of the I, Steelers offseason. Mike Hilton came back like Tyson Alualu. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Manganiello is pulling them all out right now. So, I mean, I got to tell you, Joe, I'm genuinely concerned about your team's 2021 season. Even though Big Ben's decided to come back, that was um, I- I'm 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 worried. I'm nervous for him. That uh, the Browns and the and the Ravens are even the Ravens. It, it took them a, a a few shots at getting a veteran receiver until Sammy Watkins said yes for for one year, five million. But uh, I'm concerned for your team. I'm not going to lie. What do you think? Well, I think it is a very unusual year. So I think a couple of factors went into that. Number one, you've got a lot of the deferred pay for Ben Roethlisberger all of a sudden catching up. You know, it's like driving your station wagon around for 17 years, just throwing cups and wrappers into the back and then slamming on the brakes all of a sudden. Um, You know, so, so there was all of that money to be handled. And then on top of that, you have this COVID cap. So, you know, we're looking at $30 million less in a year that we also... The third factor is we had 24 free agents to sign, including, you know, f- half of the defensive starters. So, 
you know, it's an unusual year, and it, it really, honestly, unfortunately, comes down to money and what we can do with money. On a year where we had more money, we're keeping Bud Dupree. We might even just we might even get T.J. Watt, you know, or no, J.J. Watt. You know, it, it's such a it's such an odd year for us, and we're just doing the best that we can to keep our team together given the financial circumstances. Got to get the running game. I mean, got yeah. to. I mean, last year, last year it was. You know, after 11-0, and 0, the whole free football world knew you weren't going to run it and that when you're going to throw it, it's going to be somewhere in 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. And it it, it just fell apart, you know what I'm saying, despite um, yeah. everybody's best intentions. And then when Bud Dupree goes down, I mean, my goodness. Well, Bud, and don't forget Devin Bush also. That's so right. our linebacking core, those are, those are two all-pro caliber players that, right. that go down in the middle of your of your defense that that I think was a championship caliber defense up to that point mm-hmm. and like you're talking about the running game you know you need a running game to keep your defense off the field you know if you're going in there passing you know and you're three and out you know w- with a pass heavy offense you haven't taken any time off the clock your defense hasn't rested and now they have to come right back out that's going to catch up to you at the end of the games and honestly that was a formula that worked for Steelers for the Steelers for so many years which is why I think there's such heavy conversation right now about that 24th pick going towards a running back and then of course who's going to be available um, obviously if if somebody's not available to our liking at that spot then we're going to go offensive tackle but you know given the nature of the draft over the past decade you know it's not uncommon for a really great running back to be available, you know, at the end of the first round. All right, let's talk. The, let's touch the third rail. Um, even though it really isn't that, I, I might be over dramatic. But uh, who do you want to be the next quarterback? What do you want them to do? Do you want them to draft one? You want them to uh, wait it out, make sure, see, you know, knock on the the Jets' door for Sam Darnold, maybe during the draft. Um, what do you? What do you, as a Steeler fan, what do you think Steelers fans as a whole? want post big ben since this looks like the the uh the swan song here well you know you never want to say i want to lose so many games that i'm in position to get a hot quarterback you know and 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 that actually was the deal the year that we got ben you know we picked high in the draft we usually don't pick high in the draft we're usually competitive so you know if we're going to draft one that means we're going to have a bad season and that means that we're going to be high enough to get one so um you know without that being said I don't know. You know, sometimes you get lucky in later rounds. So I think the Steelers are a team that's going to draft their quarterback. Um, anybody that they bring in is just going to be a Band-Aid. Yeah, it, it, it just seems to me Darnold would fit. I don't know. I just, Really? I, I mean, as a Jets fan, you, you're, you're, you want us to get Sam Darnold? And- I do, because I think he deserves it. I think he deserves it. Uh, I mean... The one thing that he's been missing, Joe, more than anything else, is consistency. Na- name me a more consistent um, organization than than the team you root for. That's you know, true. you know what I mean. Like it's not gonna, he's not gonna lose his coach, and he's not. I mean, I know Colbert does one one year deals, but you know, uh, in the front office, they they are who they are. You are who you are. You know what I'm saying? And that's the one thing he has not had was consistency at all. And I, I, I don't know. And he's tough. He's tough as nails. Um, in, and, and clearly, though, the, uh, you know, New York and the Jets is not the spot for him. I mean, what how you're m- saying is you believe that he is an AP caliber student. We just need to get him to a different high school with better facilities. I do think so. Yes, Joe. Okay. You know, and I think uh, I'll, I'll drive him to the high school for you. <laughs> if you're willing to cough up a first or a second for him, uh, but Oof. that might be too high. That might be too high. Uh, I, I mean, would you would you would you take a third? No, because I saw what you got for Minka. Fitz, what you gave up for Minka Fitzpatrick, and he's been such <laughs> I a home know, run. Sam Darnold. Like we're talking Minka versus. I mean, Minka is like a perennial All Pro. I'm trying to talk you into it. I don't know. What if I give you the cloak of invisibility and you don't have any sort of uh, issues with it? 
Let me go you know? talk to Kevin Colbert. I'll get back. Okay, to very good. Um, when's the first time, Joe Manganiello here on the Rich Eisen Show? A few more minutes left with uh, with my buddy. When was the first time you saw the Snyder Cut? First, the first time, time I saw it was a few weeks ago. Okay. Uh, they sent me an advanced link and and I watched it in four hours straight with Sophia. Of course, I mean, but I mean, how how cool must that have been for you, right? I mean, you must have really. What what do you think when you hit play on that, Joe? For because you know how many fans have been clamoring for it, you know, demanding it, saying it exists, wanting it to exist, hoping it exists, and now it exists. What was that like for somebody who was actually in it as Deathstroke? Well, I'm really happy for Zach, number one, um, because I think it's really vindicating. I think that he got to go back and finish the movie the way he wanted to, and the result is is, is you know pe- people are. The fans love it, and everyone agrees that it is, you know, it's, it, it, I'm glad that he got to take his time and tell the story the way he wanted to, so I'm happy for him. You know, the thing about it is, I technically wasn't a part of Justice League. That was their movie. Mm-hmm. I was just there to advertise my Batman movie, um, and, and then, you know, to my surprise, a few weeks before the movie came out theatrically, mm-hmm. uh, the Joss Whedon version, uh, they called me and said, that, you know, we reshot your scene to advertise a Justice League 2 instead of Batman because, you know, it's not happening. Um, and so, you know, for me, I was, you know, I'm really just, I'm a passenger, you know, huh. on, on, this, on this ship and kind of involved by default. But when Zach called me up four years later and said, you know, how'd you like to put the suit back on? What do you think? you know, do you want to come and do this? I, I said, sure, yeah, of course. And it was, that was Zach inviting me into his universe because otherwise, like I said, I mean, the, the, the actual scene that fans get to see at the end of the Snyder Cut is, is the restored scene, the way that we shot it advertising the Batman movie. I mean, dude, your career, I mean, the names of your characters, right? Full, first of all, your, your current film, Shoplifters of the World, your full metal Mickey. Yeah. Um, your Deathstroke yeah. in in this film, the Snyder Cut. Your Big Dick Richie and Magic Mike. And yeah, I, if you notice, I, I laid in all three words on that one. Yeah, obviously Al Seed er, Ervo from yeah. True Blood. I mean, my God, Flash Thompson, dude. Yeah. You, you there's there's you're just Joe in real life. You know what I mean? And and it, you're this is pretty incredible. I mean, which one which one is the most you? Big Dick Richie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer, Joe. Now, let me tell you why. No, I, you know, I, I, uh, it's the only answer. Listen, it's because your dancing Joe. skills. It's because your dancing skills. That's the one. It's like, yeah. I mean, I'm like, look, it's, you know, it's a male stripper movie, not really the way I planned my career to go. Yes. But how am I going to say no to playing, playing Big Dick Richie? Like, for on. Soderbergh, for Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, for Soderbergh. But, you know, look, I mean, it's Big Dick Richie. I mean, what are you, you going to do? <laughs> say no? What are you, crazy? I would say, what if you. Th- what if uh, what if there was uh, something called a Soderbergh cut for Magic Mike? But every cut for Soderbergh is a Soderbergh cut. So you know what I mean. Well, like, yeah. I mean, I had a well. Stephen, you know, Stephen knows what he wants. So when he shoots, there's no, there's no real, you know, there's no there's no fat on the meat. It's super lean. You know, he'll. No, do, I saw Magic Mike. You're right. Out, you, know? you know, or he'll get everything in one take and. Yeah. He's best friends with David Fincher, who's notorious for doing 78 takes. I remember asking Stephen, how are you guys friends? How do you guys not just beat the heck out of each other? You know, right. how can you, you know, stand each other if you're like it? He's like, no, we just, you know, we're friends. We just have very different ways of getting what we want. And, and that's the truth. No so. doubt about it, man. Uh, Joe, thanks for the call. Best to your lovely wife. Uh, I'll send you these goods. I have no idea what my buddy Tom Person sent for you and your wife, but he's a big fan of yours and wanted me to 
tell you that it's on the way. I will make sure you get it. Hope you All enjoy right. it. And let's uh, let's let's chat again soon. Let's get together. Yeah, and hopefully we can see each other soon. I would love. How's Bubbles the dog? Bubbles How's... is on my lap right now, taking her morning nap. Okay. Um, <laughs> the entire conversation. Has had the, the whole time, man. She doesn't really like it when I'm on the phone. She wants me to get off and pay attention to her. You know, <laughs> shut up so she can sleep. Well, she's she's literally what six pounds? She's four point eight. <laughs> what? So she got fat in the pandemic, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, she put on the pandemic a little chihuahua. Eight ounces. Uh, yeah, no, it's funny. I, I started like working out in the backyard. I set up some stuff so I oh, could sure, just mix it up and okay. mix it up. I'll just do I'll do squats with her on one shoulder, you know, and stick her up there and, and do some do some lunges around the house, just switch shoulders with her. There was she there's a photograph. There's bubbles looking through the door. Okay. So send my best to give her give give her a little belly scratch. I will. And uh and I hope I'm not making her jealous just by talking to you. So thanks for the call, Jim. Take <laughs> care, brother. You bet. Everybody you check out you bet. Same here. To uh so Best shoplifters of the world available in theaters on demand and digital now. Good stuff, Joe Manganiello. <laughs> Bubbles. Okay. We saved the best for last. We buried the lead. We did. A very big piece of show news mm. is going down today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we will dive directly in it because on the line is untold amounts of cash and prizes. <laughs> That's next. <laughs> this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. No, no, no. We're not going off a cliff. We're just going to commercial break. Right here on NBC Sports on Peacock and this Rich Eisen Show radio film. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. Manny in El Paso, one of our favorites, been hey, hanging out for a while. How hey. you been, Manny? Hello, gentlemen. The varsity team is back together. How are we doing? Let's hey. appreciate What's you uh, you welcoming us all together. What's going on in your mind, Manny? Well, March Madness continues, and recently I was called a horrible person by my sister-in-law. Oh, she called me this because I told her I want all Texas teams out of the tourney. Houston, Baylor, I want them out. I want the title of the only Texas team to win a championship to be the 1966 yes. Don Haskins-led Texas Western Miners. The last time they went dancing was in 1992 for the Sweet 16. They had nothing else to go on. Uh, let them have this. The Miners have a better hockey team right now than the, than the other programs. I mean, basketball and football, they're getting there. They're going to be better. They're going to be back. I know it. Nice. I mean, I root for the underdogs. Right, who, doesn't, who doesn't want Oral to go on? 
Who doesn't enjoy Oral? Come on. <laughs> maybe the Beavers. Maybe the Beavers were right off on the Wolverines. Oh Who knows? Gosh. It could happen. Look at this. Manny's working blue today. Yeah, yeah, uh, all right, Manny. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Right away, gentlemen, right away. Yes. Let's all do our part in ending all this hatred, all this violence. Enough is enough. The only madness I want to hear about is March Madness. Have a good one, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. Look, I mean, Glory Road will still be glorious if somebody from the state of Texas wins uh, wins the NCAA tournament. Yes, you know I, what I mean? I agree there. You know, all these kids in Houston. Houston's got a good shot here. Baylor's got an excellent shot. They play some great defense, man. Are you rooting for Oregon State tonight because you don't want my son to win this tournament? Or what? 1,000%. (laughs) (laughs) You take... If if Houston wins tonight, a 10-year-old is winning the Rich Eisen Show uh, tournament. And that just shows you how much you need to know about college basketball to win a pool. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right, you got Texas. My 10-year-old knows a lot. You got the state of Texas, <laughs> yes. Los Angeles, Gonzaga, or the field for the ooh, title. Ooh, I'll take ooh. the field. That means my, my, my alma mater's in the mix. I'll take it. I'll take the field. Just throwing it out there because there's two Texas teams. I understand that. Two, there's two Los Angeles two teams. Two Los Angeles teams. I understand teams. that. And then you throw Zags. Gonzaga in there. I'll take the field. The field. Right. I'm going to put that up on Twitter right I'll now. I'll take the field. field. I'm definitely taking the field on that. So our, our first guest tomorrow um, is Drew Brees. We're excited to have Drew on. But before I get to talk to somebody named Drew, <laughs> TJ Jefferson, come on down. Later on today, as soon as this show is over, TJ Jefferson, you are going to The Price is Right. <laughs> yes, sir. Where you have been selected to appear in the studio audience that is that is socially distanced or are you definitely getting a spot on contestants row how does it work in a pandemic tj jefferson i need to know because i want to help you help me help you so from what i understand yes. uh, you i went through a zoom interview which yes, i you told did. you guys last week and yes. then apparently i to make it onto the show, you had to go through six different casting producers. Damn. So I made it that whole way through, and now... It sounds like the NCAA tournament. <laughs> right? You got to win six. Wow. So to cut down the nets. So, are you, so do you get a chance to cut down the nets? I get a chance. You to definitely or get a chance. To? I, I get a chance. I have a one in 12 chance. Apparently, there are 12 people that all made it through, and we're all going to be there. Now, Nine, only nine people get called to come on down. Well, because there's four to start. Yeah. And then there's six pricing games. Mm-hmm. So that means six other spots. So that means there's well, there, there's three plus six. That's nine. Nine, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a few right. people won't make it. So three people will not make it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you still have to go there. <sighs> oh, still have to. Being one of those three I mean, would be brutal. Uh-huh. So we still have to go there and kind of give our final spiel to the last casting producer. They're the ones who, okay. I guess, decide. So I'm in the building. I'm in the house. You're in the house. All in there, so got a chance. Chris, you're our numbers guy. You're our. You're, you're in the our, building. So, what are the odds that he gets the? So he's so nine three out, of out of twelve. He's got seventy five percent chance. So they're saying there's a chance. There's more a than chance. dumb and dumb a chance. That's okay, more. here we I, go. And I can't front, right? I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I've been on TV a lot, like here every day, for instance. Yeah. I'm sitting at home last night, and I'm watching about five episodes of The Price is Right that I so had you're, DVR. You're prepping. You're prepping, prepping a little bit. Yeah. Bro, I got mad and nervous for some reason last night. And this I don't is, this, this is it. You I don't get one shot. You I don't get nervous you, about anything. anything. When you're in the audience for The Price is Right, the, the, the odds are infinitesimal for you to be called to come on down. Yeah, there's yeah. like 200 people yeah, in right. the Half a percent. Yeah. Now you're, your odds are... 
greatly improved. Yeah, I don't know if I hurt my odds by talking about it. I'm not sure yet. That's not like Fight Club. What's your outfit? Yeah, what's your outfit? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Okay, what do you got? Could you hit just any prices right? No, hit the other one that you have. No, I, I like this. No, this is no, where, this they, is no, this is where they're telling you yeah. what. Okay. No, no, tell, like, well, you'll see what I mean, Mike. I can't believe it's not shirt. better. <laughs> you know, like that's that, that's what this music is. What do you got? My it's man's a t-shirt. got a cliffhanger. Oh, Fire's t-shirt. Oh, my God. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You are going to be called. Come on. Let's go. You've got a cliffhanger's t-shirt. You are going to be about it. Now you better be. Go- you Are you able to talk game. about this tomorrow? No, he can't. I, I, I'd no, say can't. probably not. No, he can't. He can't. Now that's the because yeah. this is going to be. When is this air? This airs well, in weeks. I mean, from now. Even even it'll it'll be longer than a week uh, though. I'm sure. Yeah, it's down the road. It's, it's going to be down the road. I mean, look, you, TJ, you don't play poker, so I assume you have no poker face. So you're going to come in tomorrow, and we're going to know what happened. You will, bro. I, because I'm, as all my friends know, I'm where secrets come to die. People tell me stuff. He can't even say that he got down a contestant. Yeah. I'm a little nervous even talking about it now, oh, because what if they're yeah. watching right now? Because everybody watches the Rich Eisen Excuse show on me. Peacock. Excuse me. Bye Excuse me. Excuse me. If they're watching right now. No, they're watching. Let me handle this. Oh, please. <laughs> <By the> way, <laughs> there's one guy who needs to come on down. There's only one guy who can come on down later on today, who when the show airs, there's all sorts of promotional value. Come on down, T.J. Jefferson. You will actually be at a benefit for being on the Rich Eisen show. And actually, it won't be T.J. Yes. They're using my government name. I'm trying to talk them out of it. So it will be Temujin Jefferson, but they're going to butcher it. Like, George is going <laughs> to butcher it when he calls me. Then Drew is going to butcher it when he tries to talk to me. But that's fine. Wait, they're, 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 they can't go we're going off your driver's yeah, license? They're, they're put, they, like, I went about, I went in 2006. So I, they put your government name on So there. he's Christopher? He's Michael? Well, I'm Richard? You're if Richard. I get, if yeah, I yeah. get to call on, come on down? What? Yep. But that's fine. Well, you I know. guess, you know... You got to do that, I guess. Otherwise, you could basically say, "I want to be known as he hate me." You know? <laughs> right? You can't go XFL on the prices right on TPIR. You know what I mean? What's your name? He hate me. Come on down. What's your name? The baby. Nah, the baby. see, we can't. We're not gonna no, you can't do that. Yeah, can't, can't do that. Can't do that. So yeah. All righty then. So are, have you? Are you up to speed on what what normal like like? Uh, household goods cost? Do you are you do you know that do do we need to take a quick stroll down like a frozen food aisle on the way yeah, over? Like, like, you, know, you know, I figure I didn't want to I didn't want to like over inundate myself okay. too much. So it was just, just like you know, basically the only thing I've go done for the last year, as you guys know, I don't do anything, but I go up to the grocery store and I hang out. So I got a lot of that, <laughs> I, a lot of prices that I've seen, you know, and, and, okay. and did my You're research, looked up some cars, my yeah. my my boys. Uh, my my friend's dad hit me up yesterday yeah. with a tweet and asked me how much would a refrigerator cost with a and he broke it all down okay. and I was like twenty two fifty okay so you know okay I, I mean, like I said I did get a little stressed last night for it was the weirdest feeling I'm like dude, what is wrong with dude me? and then you've got a you've got have, how's your how's your right arm doing for the spin oh I've been loosening up okay man. I'm ready because you know ready. we're just, gonna I, get one spin we're gonna get spin. one spin by one the spin. way hold on a second what's the over under on a second spin. Ooh. Right, so you 60, know what? 50, 60 cents, you got to stay, right? 60 cents 60, on the yeah. first spin? 60 cents. Or you got to go again? I like a 70. Six, se- anything 70. over 70. 70. You sta- 70 yeah. or yeah. over, you stay. 70 or okay. over, you stay. On the first spin, right? Yes. Okay. Now, here's anything a question I have for you guys. You, you want to go last on the spin, too. 
Yeah, that means yeah, you got to win big in the first. You want to win a pricing game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, here's a question, right? Because I've been wondering about this. When yeah. I make it up to the wheel, because I'm making it up to the yeah, wheel. You're making it up to the wheel. If you make it out of contestants' row, you get up to the wheel. Yeah, yeah. So, when I grab that wheel for the first time, do I try to show how big my muscles are? Or do I try to just be very smart about it and make that mug just go No. Remember, you got to ask you this question just to bring it all full circle. Do you want to be known as the sexiest man alive or the sexiest bald man alive? Probably the sexiest man alive. I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm hyped because I'm in. Come on, TJ. Make us proud. Well done. Keep it going to play us out. I want to thank Daniel Jeremiah, Albert Breer, and Joe Manganello to be on us. Very cliffhanger edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Drew Brees, Dennis Leary tomorrow, and TJ Jefferson. Come on down. Come You're on. gonna hear that tonight. Let's go. 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 Let's go.